Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Piedmont Community Church. We are here to continue the celebration of the birth of Jesus on this first Sunday of Christmas. And I wanna share with you uh, the scripture lesson for today that comes from the Gospel of John. It's John's take on how Christ comes into this world, and it comes from the first chapter of the Gospel. Listen now for God's word to you today. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. He was in the world, and the world came into being through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to what was his own, and his own people did not accept him. But to all who received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the will of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. The law indeed was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God. It is God, the only son, who is close to the father's heart, who has made him known. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Loving God, we pray that you'll grant us the eyes to see and the ears to hear and the hearts and minds to understand your word and your world this day as best we can. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, way back in the fourth century AD, St. Athanasius of Alexandria wrote these very well-known words in the history of Christian faith. He wrote, Christ became what we are that he might make us what he is. And then, a long time later, in 2007, the American scholar Eugene Peterson wrote this, Jesus is the way God comes to us. Jesus is the way we come to God. Now what they're both doing is what theologians and preachers and just regular Christians have been trying to do for about 2,000 years. We've all been trying to describe the indescribable, that the eternal God of the universe was somehow embodied in a mortal human being named Jesus of Nazareth. Of course, words of logic can never unravel a mystery like that. And so, in times like this, when we try to understand what's not understandable, not explainable, not describable, we turn to stories to help us understand as best we can. We turn to stories like Christmas. As God comes down to earth in a baby born of Mary in a place called Bethlehem. 
And then all four of the Gospels that we have in the New Testament go on to tell us how God lived as one of us in Christ, teaching and healing and liberating and dying and rising again to give us salvation. And then after his resurrection, the Bible says, Jesus breathes his Holy Spirit into his disciples and into us as well as modern day Christians. He breathes the Spirit into us and as we receive that Spirit, we are lifted up to experience something of the divine in ourselves, to embody Christ in our own lives and to recognize him in the lives of others. That's what John was trying to get at in what I just read. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, so that all who receive him are given the power to become children of God. Now, to be honest, John's using some pretty abstract Greek philosophical language in trying to make the point of how God is with us and in us and lives through us as well in Jesus Christ. And while those words probably made some sense to his original audience 2,000 years ago, they were steeped in Greek philosophy, it may not be all that clear to you and me today. So this morning, instead of trying to explain the deep mystery of the incarnation, I'll follow the gospel's lead and I'll tell you a story. It's a short story, an adaptation of a, of a short story that the great novelist Leo Tolstoy wrote in 1885. It's about a shoemaker named Martin Andreich, who lived in a large city in Russia in the 19th century. Martin was very busy as a cobbler, as a shoemaker, and uh, he was a great craftsman, well-trusted by all those around him. So he was always kept very busy. His tiny basement apartment doubled as his shoe shop, and it had one little window that looked out onto the street. And through this little window, Martin could see only the shoes of the people as they walked by his shop. But he could also recognize the people who wore those shoes because he pretty much made almost every pair of those shoes or had something to do with them. So this gift gave him a sense of being part of a community, the community of shoes. Martin lived alone because his wife and his children had died many years before, and this had left him grief-stricken and lonely. But over the years, he developed a habit of reading his Bible daily, going to church faithfully, which brought him a great deal of comfort and meaning and joy. And then one night, a few days before Christmas, Martin was dozing off, and then suddenly he heard a voice saying, Martin. He started from his sleep. He said, who's there? Who's there? And he turned around and he glanced through the door into another room. No one was there. Again, he fell back into his doze. And then he heard the voice again, Martin, ah, Martin. Look tomorrow out onto the street, for I'm coming. And somehow Martin knew that the voice came from Jesus himself. So that night, 
As he tried to sleep, he tossed and turned until finally he woke up the next morning at dawn and he went through his normal morning routine. He uh, prayed, he heated the stove, he put on some cabbage soup, and he sat down at his bench to begin working on shoes. But his mind was not on the task before him because he couldn't stop wondering about the night before. Was it just a strange dream or was it possible that Jesus was going to visit him that day? So all morning long, Martin's eyes looked out the window of his little shop. And then as he looked, he saw an old man named Stepanich, who was the janitor of his building, and he was busy clearing away the snow in front of Martin's window. Martin looked, noticed that Stepanich was struggling to shovel all that snow. And he thought, a man who's that old and frail has no business shoveling heavy snow. So tapping on the window, Martin shouted to the old man, come in here and get warm. I have some tea ready. And then moments later, Stepanich came into the little basement apartment and he said, thank you. My bones were aching. And so Martin poured Stepanich a glass of hot tea, placed a sugar cube in it. The old man drank down the tea rapidly and nodded his thanks. Have another, Martin said, reaching for the teapot. And Stepanich drank a second cup, more slowly this time. Martin was pleased as the old man went outside, but he was also a little bit disappointed because it was already late morning and Jesus had not shown up yet. So he went back to his workbench to mend a pair of shoes, and about an hour later, Martin again looked out his window, and he saw a woman, poorly dressed. She was standing against a wall with her back to the wind. She had a baby in her arms. She was trying to wrap the baby in a little ragged blanket, and opening the door, Martin said to the young woman, why, why are you wrapping your baby out there? Come on inside and be warm. And so a moment later, the woman came in and she stood by the stove and she told him her story. You see, her husband was a soldier and he'd been shipped off to war eight months before and hadn't been heard from since. She'd had a job as a cook, but had recently been laid off so she was out looking for a new job. Martin asked, don't you have any warm clothes? And she said, I sold my last shawl yesterday since we needed money for food. So Martin opened up a closet in the shop and there a woman's winter coat was hanging. He handed it over to the young woman and he said, it belonged to my wife. I don't need it anymore. She said, oh no, I couldn't. But Martin said, yes, you must take it. It would make my wife so happy for you to have it. Then he gave her a bowl of his cabbage soup. And while she ate, he found a warm blanket for her baby. She thanked him with tears in her eyes. And as she walked out the door, Martin gave her a big loaf of bread and a smoked sausage to get her through the next day. And when she was gone, he felt pleased that he was able to help her in some small way. Yet he also felt anxious, for it was now early afternoon, and Jesus had not yet made his visit. 
So as the afternoon wore on, Martin found it difficult to keep his mind on his work. He often peered out the window, wondering if Jesus really was going to show up that day. And then late in the afternoon, Martin saw a boy who was looking through the window, actually, down through into the shop at a pair of shoes. He was dressed in rags and obviously very poor. His shoes were full of holes and falling apart. So Martin walked outside and said, come in here and we'll get you a new pair of shoes. The boy sheepishly said, I have no money, sir, for shoes. Martin said, don't worry about the money. It's Christmas. So the boy came into the shop and Martin measured his feet and he gave him a brand new pair of shoes. And beaming, the boy thanked him over and over again, and then he finally left the shop. Martin watched the boy skip down the street, full of joy at his good fortune. And as he went back inside, Martin felt good that he'd been able to help the young boy. But he also felt sad, because it was now late in the day, it was almost dark. And Jesus had not come. In fact, it was starting to seem obvious that Jesus wasn't going to come at all. So that evening, Martin put his tools away, swept the floor, set his table for dinner. And when he finished his soup, he picked up his Bible as he did every night. And he sat down in his chair by the lamp. He felt pretty foolish for having thought that Jesus had actually come to him the night before and said that he was going to come and show up that day. How silly to think that Jesus would visit his shop. It was just a strange dream, that's all, Martin said to himself. And then all of a sudden, it seemed as if he heard someone walking around behind him. So Martin of Deitch looked into the dark corner. And it seemed as if people were standing there. He was at a loss to know who these people were, and a voice whispered in his ear, Martin, ah, Martin, did you not recognize me? Who? explained Avdiyech. Me, repeated the voice. It is I. And then Martin opened his Bible. And his scripture reading that evening took him to the 25th chapter of Matthew, where Jesus says this to his followers. I was hungry, and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. I was naked, and you clothed me. In the gospel, when Jesus' own disciples heard him say that, they were surprised. They didn't know what he was talking about, and they say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and gave you a drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And Jesus says in response, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, you also did it unto me. And then suddenly, images of Stepanich the janitor and the soldier's wife and her baby and the little boy just flooded into Martin's mind. And he realized that his dream had not deceived him. Jesus had truly come to him that day. And Martin had truly received him. 
You know, that story reminds me that as difficult and as disappointing as it can get sometimes, you know, like when you can't come to church on Christmas Eve or you can't be with your family and friends for the holidays or any time when God somehow seems far away, if you can somehow just open your eyes, your ears, your heart, maybe even your door to someone in need, Jesus can come to you. In fact, he's already here right now, the embodied presence of God's love. Wherever you and I happen to be in this moment, And that brings me to the title of the short story of Martin of Dyeh and the visitors that Tolstoy wrote. In Russian, the title is Gidiel Yubov Tam Ibok. Where there is love, there is God. Where there is love, there is God. So this season and in the year ahead, I just hope and pray that you will somehow receive that loving presence of God in Jesus Christ, in your own life, in your interaction with other people. May you embody that loving presence and recognize it and share it with others. And may you have a blessed, blessed Christmas in Jesus' name. Amen.